ready for the interview And if you get a cue live on the laptop Watch what I'm gonna do Welcome to the show Let them know we got a point of view Hey, yo, let's have a combo. Say what you feel, be real That's the motto Real talk, pronto Doctor D, PhD, hit the intro Hold up, wait Gotta be social Network global A home for the locals Gotta be social Network global A home for the locals If you're looking to spice up your intimacy and your sex life in particular, I highly recommend Romantic Escapades CBD-infused massage oil and Honey Pot's CBD-infused silicone-based personal lubricant. Uh, as someone who's been in a, a long-term relationship with my wife, uh, it's been an incredible experience using these products. Uh, I'm not someone who's usually pumping products all the time, but I really wanted to get this one out because I think it has uh, really brought even more intimacy into our lives, and it's just fun to use. I mean, sex is fun. Having more fun during it is, uh, makes it even more enjoyable, and what makes this even better is the founders, Dennis and Jesse, are just lovely people. Uh, really connected with Dennis on a call, and I just love what they're doing. So get out there and get some more spiciness and excitement in your love life with Romantic Escapade and Honey Pot. And for a special, um, if you go to uh, the website, uh, if you go to uh, fantasticescapades.com, uh, you can use my code Doctor D twenty. Spell out Doctor and then D twenty to get twenty percent off your purchase. Guys, I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Aubrey, back in the network here. Thank you for joining me. I'm very happy to be here. Well, listen, very happy to have you. And a uh, big shout out to Layla for connecting us. Uh, she's amazing. Yeah. Love Layla. She's, she's great. How did you get connected with her, by the way? Uh, via Twitter. Um, she reached out to me on Twitter over a year ago. Um, uh, because um, she wanted to have me on her podcast. So I did a, an interview with her over a year ago. And then um, just recently, we recorded another one. So Oh, I didn't chance. know that. Yeah. Man, yeah, she's like, I'm gonna love her. It was just released. So. Wow, I got to check that out. It's because this one will be out next week. So it's like, man, we're like, we're doing. It's, it's interesting. It's gonna be interesting. I know. I wish I was promoting something. <laughs> I know, right? Jeez, you're all over the place. Yeah. So, we're as I said before, we press the record button. We're gonna talk about your life, which yeah. sounds like a really interesting life. And <laughs> I like to start at the beginning of what's the genesis of your story? Where did you begin? Where did Aubrey begin in life? Oh gosh, way back in 1985. 85. <laughs> yeah. Great year. Great year. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, born and raised in Canada. Um, you're going to have to ask me something a little more specific. You can't make it that open-ended. You I don't can't know make it? it? You don't know how to begin this? <laughs> Most people love just going and just ranting about everything about it. Well, oh, let's, man. <laughs> let's, let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. What, let's get very specific. We'll go very large. Now let's get very uh, micro here. We're going to get down deep. How did yeah. growing up influence the work you're doing in sex work? Mm. 
That's a really good question. I think that I had kind of a very unstable and dysfunctional upbringing, and I don't want to promote this myth that in order to be a sex worker, you have to have experienced some kind of abuse or dysfunction in childhood, because I know that not to be the case. Um, but for me particularly, I think that I just had a really crazy, unstable kind of childhood. So I think that it just made me a lot more <laughs> open to things that some people might be risk averse to <laughs> or not uh, open to getting into. Um, but I was always like through my teen years, I was very promiscuous. So I was always comfortable with sex. Um, so sex work wasn't a huge leap. Um, and I just kind of fell into it because I, uh, like way back, I was about 21 and I was um, mom to a very young child, a single mother, and I was in university. And I just needed a way that I could work fewer hours and actually make enough money to, to support us. So that's how I got into it. Um, and I did that uh, for a little while um, and then did other things in my life. I've worked in other um, jobs and stuff, but I returned to it um, independently and was going to do it temporarily, but really kind of fell in love with it. So, when, you, when you say fall in love, what does that mean? What does that mean, fall in love with it? Um, I love the work itself. Um, obviously, I have bad days like any other person or bad experiences or there's um, frustrating aspects to the work. But connecting one-on-one -on -one intimately with other people, uh, I love that. I'm very passionate about that. Um, giving physical pleasure to people, love that very passionate about that and honestly um like i really feed off of other people's energy good or bad and with sex work it's really one of the few service oriented jobs where people are very happy right. <laughs> um with with the experience they've had with you and so i feed off of that energy like i'm making people happy all day long i'm raising their vibrations or their yeah. energy levels and i'm feeding off of that so um i really love that and i love the entrepreneurial aspect of it i love that i get to run my own business and i love that i get to make it fit into my life, how it works for me, rather than trying to fit my life around my job. Um, yeah, so I fell in love with it in a myriad of ways, but um, I, I do, I have a lot of job satisfaction um, from it, and I don't see myself wanting to leave it anytime soon. <laughs> I have a lot of questions. I definitely have a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, you can ask away. <laughs> number, <laughs> number one, yeah. you fell into it. What does falling into that mean? <laughs> I don't know that I so much fell into it. That's probably a poor choice of words. 
I guess I dove into it blindly, um, very naively. <laughs> okay. Um, like I said, this was so far back in the day that literally the way I entered the industry was answering a newspaper ad, like a print newspaper ad. <laughs> You're the second person that's told me this, literally, like in the past. Really? <laughs> what is this? What's with the newspapers, man? This. Like... I'm old. I'm, how old are you? I'm sorry. I'm 44. I'm 44. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm 37. So. Okay. It's just like this literally. I had a I had a male porn star guy on and he told yeah. me the same exact thing. He answered really he answered a newspaper ad. How crazy is that? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> crazy. Fucking newspapers, just like dragging people into sex work. <laughs> All right, people who are listening, it's an actual physical thing you read from. Okay. It's not on a Kindle. Sorry. Yeah. I used to have a newspaper subscription. That newspaper was coming to my doorstep. That's right, <laughs> exactly right. So you answered this ad. The classified section, and I saw, uh, yeah, uh, it was an escort like agency, and it said now hiring. Um, and I called, and I had zero idea of what the job would entail. My only sort of exposure to it is what most people's is, which is how it's portrayed in the media. And um, I was talking about this with Layla actually, but it's just, it's so inaccurate. So I thought that I would be like set up to go on dates, you know, maybe one date for an evening <laughs> and then it would end with sex and there would be a money exchange. And that was kind of what I thought was going to happen, but it, it was definitely not like that. It's like an apartment and here's the room you're working out of and you're doing like a four hour shift and just trying to book as much as you can within that shift. Of the same, per same person or different people? Different people. Wow. You're just, you're just there. You're like posted up there and people are coming through. Yeah. Wow. And that's still very much like how I run my business now. I mean, I'm not doing back to back to back. Like I'm typically giving myself some time in between and stuff, but I do, I am higher volume. Like it's not like there's different ways that you can run your business depending on what, what works for you when you're an independent sex worker. And for me, I prefer shorter appointments, like an half hour or an hour is ideal for me. I don't, I'm not really into doing the longer bookings or the more emotionally laborious kind <laughs> of appointment. Emotionally laborious. That's an interesting term. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't, so, so you can, you can do that and you can see fewer people and have higher rates so that you're just doing fewer bookings, but I prefer to have a more moderate rate and be seeing people for shorter appointment times, because I think that my charm really starts to wane after about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and people, they, they realize this, this is important. <laughs> Cinderella, like things are gonna turn back into pumpkins and shit after yeah. an hour. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. I, I, I do, like I said, I really do feed off of people's energy and I do try to really connect with people when I'm seeing them. 
So I, I do prefer a shorter duration appointment just because it can get really, really mentally kind of exhausting. Yeah. All right. So take us through the first time that this happened. I like, what was this? What's your mindset when you realize, oh shit, this isn't like pretty woman. <laughs> this is a shift. <laughs> well, um, my experience was very unique, um, simply because, um, I had literally showed up for my first shift. It was like a weekday morning and, um, I realized that my period had come early. So, Whoa. oh shit. And I asked the woman who ran the place if she had tampons and she said, are you sure that you want to work? And I was like, yeah, no, it's fine. Cause when she was giving me sort of the tour of the apartment and like the little walkthrough, she just kind of like was showing me, okay, here's towels, here's sheets, here's whatever. And you can just kind of, you know, make sure you lay down the sheet and the towel and then you can give them a massage and maybe suck their dick. But she was, she just very vaguely alluded to it. And I kind of misunderstood and got the impression that it was going to be more of like a rub and tuck happy yeah. ending situation from the way that she was describing <laughs> it. So I just figured like, oh, I can still work on my period. And I was like, yeah, I, I, when I think back on it now, like it's so ridiculous to me because I'm not the kind of person now who would shy away from clarifying anything. <laughs> yeah. But at the time I was very um, out of my element and wanting to appear as if I wasn't and trying to give off these vibes like, no, no, this is not a big deal. I'm, I know what I'm doing. And I did not know what I was doing. Um, but I was kind of game for whatever, to be honest. So like, we'll figure this out. Um, yeah, so I dove in and I um, I saw my first client. I've now since learned that there's tricks of the trade for how you can see clients when you have your period and still be able to provide all of the same services that you would otherwise. But at the time, I was not aware so we were fooling around and then I started sucking his dick. And then as he went to move um, to go further with me, I just kind of said, oh, I'm actually on my period. So we won't be able to do that. And then he suggested that we just do anal. And I was like, sure, why the fuck not? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the story of how my very first client experience was anal sex on my period with a tampon and just you know wow yeah not a typical um first experience but um he was a very nice gentleman and um yeah the rest of the shifts were a lot simpler because <laughs> a lot simpler i learned some ropes but uh, that first one that was an interesting day <laughs> so oh, man i just have a lot of questions this is crazy <laughs> The audience is definitely, I'm, I'm definitely into asking questions. Most people are like, man, you ask good questions. So we're going to go. What the, okay. Let me rephrase this. So the, were you surprised by the type of clientele were coming to see you when you first started or was it, was it basically like, yeah, it's what I thought. Um, 
Maybe. I think that maybe I had assumed that it would be just affluent men. Um, you think of it as kind of a luxury type service, mm -hmm. but um, what's more true is it's literally every demographic of men. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. So maybe a bit surprised in that way. Um, at that point in time, being younger, it's funny. It seems like when you're really young, you get a lot of very elderly clients out. Oh. Because I think that they kind of figure they're just like, well, everybody's young to me. And if I'm going to yeah. pay for the experience, might as well just go full fantasy. And right. Do it one-year-old I don't know what the reasoning is but I saw so many more elderly clients when I was younger and now um, I advertise as my real age which is um, late 30s and I actually find that I'm getting a lot of younger clients wow it's changed yeah <clears throat> interesting did that was that like in the beginning did that turn was there did that turn you off a little bit or do you didn't care like if they were older Literally didn't care. Like I, <laughs> okay. I have never, um, I think placed like this very sacred idea around sex, I guess. So it wasn't something that was like, you know, you have to be special or meet certain like standards to gain access to this temple it's just like sex is fun <laughs> and yeah. like, why shouldn't people have it freely so I always kind of had that regard but like I don't I don't know some of the best sex that I have is with people that I wouldn't find objectively attractive wow so, really yeah definitely what what what's the difference? What what happened that that happens? Uh, I think that I think that one aspect that's particular to sex work is that in order to be able to get off or even just really enjoy it or experience pleasure, you for anybody, you have to feel comfortable, right? Yeah. And with sex work, um, in the back of your mind, your, your personal safety is always your number one concern. Um, so it's a matter of how guarded you have to feel when you're with somebody. Um, I can pretty much, it's not hard for me to come. So like you do the mechanics. If I'm in the right headspace, I'm going to get there. It's just a matter of being in the right headspace and being in the right headspace in sex work involves feeling comfortable and safe. So that means just not being guarded. So not feeling like somebody is going to push your boundaries or try to get away with anything or pull a fast one on you in any way. <clears throat> one of the things that I've noticed with more objectively attractive clientele is that they, they come with an arrogance and they, they're almost there most of the time because they want to stroke their own ego and they want to feel like they're better than your other clients and you would mm. be fussing them for free 
and you are getting more out of it than they are. And so many of them will even say like, I just love to please you. I just want to please you. But it's very much not about pleasing you. And it's very much about pleasing their own ego. But they also tend to have this sense of with that arrogance comes entitlement with a sense of entitlement comes boundary pushing. So it's just a matter of I've often felt most comfortable with some of my more objectively less attractive clients because they're there without any sense of delusion. They're not trying to pretend that this is anything that it's not. They're not trying to live in a fantasy where you would be doing this for free and they just happen to be paying you. Like they're fine with the transactional nature of it. And they appreciate what I'm providing for them. And I find with them, I can relax. I can let my guard down a bit. I can actually connect with them. I can joke around with them, have a good time with them. And then ultimately come. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So funny. Ego and guys, right? So a guy who is maybe objectively more attractive <laughs> thinks that this is almost a conquest. This is like, let me show you. Like, I don't need to do this, but I'm going to do it type of thing. Yeah. And I'm here to be a gift to you. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wow. Like, yeah, put the money on the dresser, buddy. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's just get to this. Wow. <laughs> Next question just popped in yeah. my mind. So, well, this is a two part, but so the best sex you've ever had, has it happened while working or outside of work? <sighs> deep thinking here yeah I honestly can't think of what the best sex I've ever had is like nothing stands out to me as the best sex um but also I think that sex to me is subcategorized in a way oh you gotta explain that well, like to compare sex that I've had in relationships where I've been in love is like, I can't compare that to sex that I've had transactionally in my job because it's just two different things. Yeah. Like it's not, I can't compare that. Um, I don't know. I've had great sex at work and great sex outside of work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how does uh how do you okay one if you're with somebody in a relationship do they know that you do this job um i've i've had one relationship since i've been out as a sex worker and very much they knew that i did this work from the beginning um and then once in my past i attempted to do it secretly. Um, I was not out as a sex worker and it was very much like living it like my secret double life. And that was stressful as hell and terrible of me. Like that still weighs on me for my own integrity. Um, but, you know, it's, we don't live in a world that's very accepting or respecting of sex workers so it's understandable yeah. why 
people would be afraid to disclose that to people in their lives. I just simply choose to live openly now um, because I, I, it's, that's too stressful for me. I would never again try and do that. Like hide it from someone is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So how's that affected your personal or your romantic relationships outside of work? Like, <laughs> what romantic relationship? Okay. Well, check that off. Uh, <laughs> no, I um I just got out of a year-long relationship in February. Um but the the problem was just that he was stepping outside of the relationship and was lying and not open and honest with me so I'm sure that my job played a part in his justification for his actions I can't say it didn't impact the relationship but I definitely um did my best to be respectful of my relationship in every decision I made at work I made a lot of modifications to how I run my business out of respect to my partner. And um, I really tried uh, to make that work. And I do, I am interested in having a life partner, but I <laughs> recognize that as a, uh, a hooker who's looking for a monogamous partnership, my dating pool is the tiniest puddle and probably drying in the sun as we (laughs) (laughs) let's say this again a hooker looking for a monogamous monogamous relationship that sounds like a movie actually (laughs) (laughs) yeah it would be a lot easier if i was just polyamorous because the poly community would be a lot more accepting but that's just not it's just not how i'm built i guess but I'm also okay if I never find that. Yeah. I'm okay on my own. I like yeah. my life. And at this point, I wouldn't be willing to change a career I love for a hypothetical man I've never met. <laughs> yeah, right. So this brings me to another question. Is the term or the word sex worker, mm-hmm. When when has this changed from you know, the kind of the typical terms of the past, but usually like hooker or prostitute. What's been the change in that terminology? Can you explain that? Sure. Um, I think that, like, I can't tell you that I've ever specifically researched it, but the general idea behind using sex worker um, was twofold. One, to legitimize sex work as work um, because people don't tend to see it as work because to them sex is recreation so anything you know related to that can't be work but um, so it was a way to do that and also because the uh, the the other terminology is so loaded with the stigma against sex workers Um, And then also it's kind of the term sex worker is an umbrella term. So it encompasses um, people who do porn, people who do online content like OnlyFans, people like me who do 
um, you know, seeing clients and doing full service. And it includes the street-based workers. It, it just includes everybody. Um, so it's more politically correct and it includes everybody. Um, and then there's been a shift amongst some sex workers like myself with just our own self-identification. And it's, it's just basically a reclamation of those terms and sort of the idea that the stigma associated to those terms, we kind of reject it because we are proud of the work that we do and we don't see it as a shameful, dirty thing. Kind of funny, like you said, oh, cause it's recreation. Uh, but you know, so is pick up basketball and people do it professionally also. It's kind of funny. Like I'm like, well, you can make a lot of analogies yeah. to something being recreation, but it's also right. done professionally, you know, right. in a sense. I think I think that's interesting. Do you see more acceptance in the future? Uh as yeah, why do you think that would happen? Um, I think that there's been a huge shift um, just with the proliferation of people like myself who are outspoken online about the work that we do. I think that like anything else, when you have communities who are marginalized, the biggest impact that you actually have socially happens when people are just simply exposed to the members of that community. Um, and so there's just simply more exposure. It's not, it's not as mystified and hidden away as it once was. It's more in, in the common um, mindset like people are actually aware of it a little more they are a little more exposed to it and i think that that's helping to shift people's mindsets a lot i also just think that generationally um you see social progress happening right like if you look at people of our age the changes that we've seen in terms of like the LGBTQ plus community is insane. The insane. amount of change that has happened in public perception, in support for the community. Um, obviously there's still so much work to be done, but the same, the same thing is happening with sex workers. And I also think that there's more recognition happening within other marginalized communities that are fighting against their own oppression there's so much intersection with the sex work community because so many sex workers are part of those communities so many sex workers are trans so many sex workers are queer so many sex workers are black or other um other minority communities that they're members of. The oppression that they face is intersectional and that includes being a sex worker. So the fight for black liberation or the fight for women's liberation or any of those things, it just makes sense to include sex work because that's where you find so many marginalized people. <laughs> Well said, <clears throat> very well said. I actually say this to a lot of people. I say, no matter what you see and you see maybe what you may call divisive divisiveness, 
and you feel like there's some archaic things going on, I actually think that America is becoming a way more progressive country than a lot mm -hmm. of people would like you to, to believe for mm -hmm. that. And I think that's why there's a lot of pushback from a small minority of kind of crazy people because they feel it coming. They yeah. see the tide changing and yeah. that people are not gonna put up with these bullshit ideas of oppression and invasion and you know choice, like real choice. You know, we're going through a lot of things related to choice and women's bodies and things. Yeah. But you can't talk about freedom, yeah. like real freedom, if you're trying to suppress people's ability to work in something or their, to take away their guns or whatever it may be, but then you're trying to stop a woman from doing something. Right. Like this, a very yeah, hypocritical stance. If you don't even have autonomy over your own body. Right. So <laughs> if somebody's telling you can't do this with your body, but then... I have, you have more rights to do something with a gun yeah. in your body. It's a hypocritical yeah. stance. And I, I truly believe that America is way more progressive. And I think mm -hmm. the people who don't like that are actually not that many people in, in the grand scheme of things. They're completely outnumbered. They're just they outnumbered and they're really loud. A system where yeah. they can retain power. Yes, but it's all it is. Outnumbered and actual, yeah, if you actually pull the public it right. is a lot different than what you're seeing in legislation. Right. Yeah. And I believe that there is a tsunami coming for that yeah. over time. It may take some time, but I think it's just a matter of time because the people growing up now, they are not into these old ideas at yeah. all. And those people will inherit all of this in the mm -hmm. future. So it's really a time game, the whole thing about it. But I wanted to get to when we were booking you for this, I received this graphic from you. It says the pesky prostitute. <laughs> what the hell is great? What's so pesky about you? <laughs> so that used to be my old Twitter handle was that pesky prostitute. And um, that was actually coined uh, by a friend on Twitter who's since become like a real life friend. But um, we were just talking about how me being an outspoken sex worker does piss off people who don't want to see women owning their own sexuality in that way. And because I'm not quiet about it, because I don't like, it's almost, there's so many people where they, they're almost okay with it but you have to shut up and you have to know, like you have to feel ashamed of what you're doing and then I'm okay with you doing it. You have uh, to feel terrible about yourself for doing it and then I can reconcile that with my own preconceived notions. But when I'm outspoken about it, I'm clearly unashamed and unabashed about it that really, really agitates people. I get so much pushback online um, because of that. And so we were just in a conversation talking about that. And she was like, yep, it's that pesky prostitute again, you know? And I was like, I love that. So I made it my Twitter <laughs> handle. 
Um, and then I had actually planned to start my own podcast, which was going to also be named That Pesky Prostitute. So the logo that I sent you was a logo that I had made for that podcast. But now since I've connected with another sex worker <laughs> who um, we are going to do a podcast together. So it's going to be those pesky prostitutes. Those. So now that, <laughs> that graphic is actually now outdated and obsolete because we have to switch that up. But uh, yeah, that, that's where that came from. That's, so that's so what's so interesting about me is okay. that I'm happy and unashamed. And that really pisses people off. <laughs> what do people say to you? Like, what do they say? Like, what are some comments you get? Um, well, I do post like on my Twitter, I definitely post a lot of screenshots and stuff. So it, if anybody wants to check that out, they can definitely see it because I try and have as much fun with it as I can. Because um, it's inevitable. And honestly, like, they say all kinds of shit, but I've had like one dude told me that my kids would be better off if I were dead than oh. with having me for a mother. Um, one person. Yeah, I've had like all kinds of shit. Like it ranges from people literally wishing my death to just people being like, you're such a whore. And I'm like, yeah, I'm such a whore. Yeah, yeah I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I just I I try and look at it as um it's validation that what I'm doing is working. The small part that I'm playing in um challenging that status quo, challenging the stigmatization of uh sex work, it's like my small part is actually having some effect if it's pissing people off that much, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like this. That was funny. It's like, you're such a whore, but like, I know, like, I know. The, tell me the insult here. Like, what's the, oh, what's the somebody today called me a twinkle toed cocksucker? And I literally, like, why are your insults so fucking awesome? Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm a twinkle toed cocksucker. That's amazing. Thank you. I love it. <laughs> oh man, that must rile people up. You're like, this is amazing. They're like, no, no, I meant it as an insult. And I'm like, yes. Oh, it's like, no, this is the best compliment I've had today. <laughs> what's, what's the twinkle toe part? I don't get that. I was like, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Do you so ever, <clears throat> yeah, do you ever like, let's say, like, I'm not sure if like you do, you know, YouTube and all that stuff, but it's like, do you ever receive, is there censorship related to the stuff you put on there from YouTube and social media channels? The only social media I'm really active on is Twitter. Um, so that's been my only experience. Um, I know that Instagram and Facebook uh, obviously are terrible to sex workers. So I don't even bother there. Um, Twitter has been traditionally pretty sex worker friendly. Um, yeah. I haven't had issues with censorship for being a sex worker. No. Interesting. Not on Twitter. Gotcha. Yeah. Man, it's, it's so funny. Like it's that uh, people would say these things and they don't recognize that you're like, and like, what's the <laughs> right. you know, people want you to get riled up. They want you to feel offended. 
You right. know, this is this offended culture. They want you to feel offended. And like you said, that you should feel bad, Aubrey, that you're doing this profession. That's right. what they want. They want you to feel bad about it, you know? Right. And, and what they're doing is literally like it's futile effort. Like it's impossible <laughs> for you to change my feelings about myself based on your personal value system. Yeah. How fucking weak would I have to be for that? Like what I'm doing, I'm good with it, with my personal values. I'm not causing harm. I'm not out there hurting anybody. I have no moral qualms with what I'm doing. So my integrity is good. I can look myself in the eye. I like who I am. Why would you having different values for me impact how I feel about myself? No matter yeah. what way you dress them up with what language or how loud you shouted at me, it's not going to change my personal value system. So it's, it can't be internalized. Like I'm not going to internalize whatever you say. And the more they get pissed off like it's it's just funny to me it's just it's children throwing temper tantrums <laughs> yeah how did they get to your page anyways like why are they there that's the other question <laughs> yeah i know well i think some of the time like it's just i'm showing up because of the algorithm right like mm -hmm. i have a lot of i have a pretty good following on twitter i have 25 and a half thousand followers mm -hmm. on twitter so um, sometimes my, my tweets get a lot of traction, so people are going to like or retweet it and that's going to show up in other people's, uh, Twitter feeds. So I think sometimes they're just stumbling on it because it shows up on their page, but I've had guys that are like trolling me and then I click on their page and I realize they're following me. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But see, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying though. Like, even if it shows up in their feed what is the right. reason like, to say why? anything like why yeah. even care like yeah. why do you even care like because there's something deeper there aubrey you know there's something deeper they're there. unhappy with within their own lives that they need to do that but also i think that it's a special thing when it's men because there there are next to no men that exist that are not consuming on a regular basis the product of sex work everybody's fucking watching porn. Like <laughs> I, I haven't met a lot of men that are not watching porn. So you're consuming sex worker content. These guys are consuming sex worker content, but they hate that, that women have that power over them. Right. Mm. <clears throat> because as soon as we're charging for something that they feel entitled to free access to that hits something within them and that fucking pisses them off like mm. they they're rabid in their hatred for the same thing that they're actively consuming <laughs> and i think some of it maybe is tied up into their own moral conundrum mm. like their own dilemma of like whatever their values regarding mm -hmm. sex are or what their religion says about it or what have you but <clears throat> but whether or not they're feeling guilty about it most of them are still consuming it you know what's funny you <laughs> say that well towards us yeah. for having 
power over them. See, I don't have this hang up. You know, I'll be, I, this one thing, Layla and I, we're very honest with each other. I talked to her a decent amount and I love doing these episodes. Like I'm, I'm one of those guys. I don't watch porn. Totally true. I definitely never watch porn on it. I would tell you if I did, I would totally, I have no qualms of saying that in front of, I don't, but uh, I believe you that you say that a lot, <laughs> like, I definitely believe that, but I, I think a lot of people I know watch porn, seriously. Yeah. Uh, but it's definitely not been a thing for me. Like I stopped watching porn like, mm, like 16 years ago. I've been married for 18 years and I love it. Yeah, I just, I don't know, there's no desire. Yeah. I fully support that. I think that's great. I actually stopped watching porn too. Like I was never like- What? <laughs> yeah, I know. You know How dare you? I was like, I have an amazing imagination. I've yeah. always had a really rich fantasy imaginative world going yeah. on in my head. So yeah. why would I watch somebody else's constructed fantasy yeah. when I can just have my own happening in my head? And it's true. It's true. Tailored exactly to whatever is going to get me off the most in that moment. <laughs> Did anybody ever tell you, you kind of look like Lindsay Lohan a little bit? No. You look a little like Lindsay Lohan. To me. I'm telling you, do right now. You look a little bit like her. Why? No, I just, I, I just, just the red hair and like the, your face. I'm telling you, it's true. <laughs> it's true to me. <laughs> okay, I guess I have to accept that. I don't think it's a bad thing, Aubrey. It's not a bad thing. I mean, I mean. She's had a weird life, but you know, listen, a lot of people have had weird lives, you know, a lot of people. I mean, sure. I guess I look at her and I just see a little bit of lost and crazy. Crazy. <laughs> but see, but here's the crazy thing. Somebody is going to watch this and think that about you too. <laughs> like, a lot of people are going to watch this and think that about me. That's okay. It's okay. <laughs> All right, another question. I got the questions. Twitter. <laughs> yeah, follow Aubrey on Twitter for sure. I'm not on Twitter, so I, I'm not, you know, but I know her now, so that's different. I know her actually, so it's different. So let's tell me what an average work week is. How much are you actually working? Um, it varies depending on what I've got going on in my life. Um, what I tend to do is, follow like I just listen to myself and my body and my mind and my spirit and that's one of the advantages of this job is that I can work when I want to and then book time off when I need to so there are times where I'll have a lot going on and I'll just you know have a few days off or have a week off or things like that but then there are other times where I'm feeling very high energy. I'm feeling very social. I'm feeling very whatever. And I try and really make the most of it. And I'll try and work as much as I can or book as much as I can um, during that time. Like that whole make hay while the sun is shining kind of deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's very like drastically. And then it's also dependent on the market at the time too. Because any independent sex worker will tell you. It is the most unpredictable fucking market in the world. Like, <clears throat> you what does can that mean? It. Well, I've I've been doing this now full time as my career for several years, and I can look 
and I can try and track and I can try and look for the trends, but I can work the same holiday year on year and have a completely different experience. The same time of year can be completely different year on year. It's just, it's completely unpredictable. So some days I might think like, you know what? I have a lot of free time that I can work and I'm <clears throat> feeling high energy and then there just won't be a lot of bookings. And then other times um, it'll just be insanely busy and I won't be able to fit them all in. So it, yeah, it's just, it varies so drastically. I mean, there's limits but, to a buy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, I guess like an average day when things are fairly moderate, I would try and book like three or four clients. Okay. And what's the um, most? The most I've done. <laughs> see, I see. I'm just, yeah. like, oh, I knew where you were going to go. I knew go. it was coming, man. You knew that was coming. Come on. Yeah. Let's be honest here. <laughs> the most I've ever done in a day, I think, was 13. No. And that, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. How'd you feel after that? Exhilarated, to be honest. Come on. Um, be honest. Seriously. Rich. <laughs> no i it was um it was a few years ago it was christmas day wait a minute um, christmas day wait a minute yeah yeah and that's what i'm saying like i've worked most years i'll work on christmas day just because um i always let my kid's dad have them for christmas day because he's working a more traditional job so he yeah. has the actual that holidays off my life is a lot more flexible. So I always do like my Christmas and stuff around his. So I usually end up alone on Christmas day. And um, so I've always worked it because there's a lot of um, lonely people who don't have holiday plans. And yeah, so I've had I've had years where it's been a lot quieter, but I've had quite a few where it was busy. And that year was particularly busy. And um, yeah, I saw 13 clients and I truly did feel exhilarated after. Usually usually, if I feel exhausted, it's gonna be the next day. Right. I'll be riding the high from, like I said, I feed off of people's energy, right? And especially in that situation, the people who were coming to see me weren't in the best spirits when they were arriving, right? <laughs> they were they were alone and lonely and sad. Uh, but, but the time they spend with me, and then obviously they get off, but also they're they're just connecting with another human. They're just feeling a little less lonely. And so their mood by the time I send them out is completely elevated from where it was when they're arriving. And it feels in a way like I'm providing a very healing service to them. Yeah. It's not always the case, but it can be. And on that day, that was the case with the majority of the people that I saw. So I truly was like very happy that night. I felt really good. I felt um, like my day had been really meaningful. Um, I had made some really amazing connections with people and, um, I made good money and I yeah. felt great, but Merry then, Christmas. yeah, if I ever have a really busy day, I always know I can't, 
I can't expect to not play catch up um, after. Mm. So I might take the next day off or a couple of days from then. I might take a couple of days and just isolate as much as possible and recharge. And Wow. What a Christmas day that must have been. Jeez, man. Everybody always thinks that it's going to be a physical thing and it can be like, you can get physically tired from this job for sure. But I mean, generally speaking, like the actual active sex is like five minutes of any appointment. (laughs) Wait wait a minute. Wait a minute. (laughs) All right. Now we're getting juicy here. (laughs) Five minutes. Really? Well, I'm really good at what I do. And like, (laughs) (laughs) I enjoy a lot of like, like for me and what I think that I'm, what my forte is, is a lot of that teasing buildup and that kind of like, you know, all of the, the foreplay type stuff, but just like the looks and the touches and the, like all of those things that build that anticipation so that by the time we get to intercourse, they're usually pretty, uh, yeah, pretty excited. Primed. <laughs> primed for the explosion. The pump is primed. The pump is primed and good times are coming. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, guys, five minutes. This was happening here. That's all you can have 13 appointments, five minutes. I mean, (laughs) wow. Generally speaking, it's the, it's the mental and emotional aspect that gets more tiring. Yeah. More tiring day is usually when I've seen people in that day who need more emotionally. All right, let's get into this here. Okay. Hold on. This emotional, this emotionally laborious, as you said before, (laughs) Do people just come just to have this emotional connection sometimes and there's no intercourse or is it always in with intercourse? A lot of the time they're looking for more. They might not even know they're looking for more. They might think the need is sex, but it's, it's physical touch and intimacy and connecting with another person that they're really needing because you can get yourself off. Right. Um, So a lot of the time that's the case. The majority of people who are coming to see me are coming for the connection, but almost never are they not also wanting to include sex in that. Yeah. Yeah. I was just curious if like, you've ever had someone who was like, because, you know, again, this kind of whole romanticized thing in a movie where someone's, I just want to talk, you know, like, just talk to me. Like, I was curious if that ever happened, you know? You do get that. It's just that they still usually want to fuck you too. <laughs> <laughs> like, especially when they're paying that rate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's cheaper to go see a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's just, oh man, so good. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so funny. But you know what it is? It's like you said before, something that stuck with me. And I think uh, on a serious, serious note that it's the lack of exposure that people have to anything. 
Like, yeah. let's say you live your whole life and you've never been around any black people. You have right. a mindset about black people based off of no exposure. It's yeah. if you've never been around indigenous people, you have a mindset about what you think native or indigenous people are like. Right. And how many people, okay, see, I think about myself with this, like, I've never talked to anybody who's a sex worker, like in what you do, like ever. You're my first baby, all right? <laughs> Take a lot of those virginities. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so like, how would I know? But you have to actually talk to people who do different things to see what's yeah. happening behind the curtain. What's actually there? And it's, it's so easy to forget people's humanity when they're just a hypothetical, when they're, you're exposed to people's humanity. And I always say, like, I do use my platform on Twitter. I will talk about things like decriminalization or, you know, the more serious aspects or the more activist political things that I want to further. Yeah. Um, but, but the most impact I think that I have in those goals is just when people connect to my humanity, because I'm talking about something completely unrelated to sex work. Yeah. So I was very open when I was following, falling in love with my last partner. And I think that that's a, a human experience that everybody has. Everybody falls in love at some yeah. point, generally. Speaking. So people connected to that right again when I was going through my heartbreak from that relationship I was open about my struggles with that um and so it's it's just literally when I'm open about my actual life and just myself that's when people are connecting to my humanity and that's having more of an impact I think on Mm. their perspective of sex work and sex workers than me just, you know, lecturing about why decriminalization is the way to go. You know, yeah. like it's, it's way more effective for them to just be exposed to the fact that sex workers are just simply human beings that walk among us. And <laughs> walk among us. Oh, you're a vampire? I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> walk among us. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Um, but also our clients. People want to believe that our clients are these deviant scum alleyway lurking members of society, and they don't want to believe that it's actually their dad and their cousin and Bob down the street and their doctor and the judge who gave them a break on their speeding ticket and the teacher who's teaching their kid grade two like we are literally seeing people from all walks of life all demographics our clients are not just these sexual deviant incels (laughs) that hang out in alleys they are literally just the men of society yeah and they reflect that and they reflect what the men of society are (laughs) It's always some person in an alley. Why there isn't an alley? (laughs) What's with the alley reference all the time? I don't know. I don't get it. Wow. What about you mentioned? That's where the the secret abortions are happening, right? Back alley. 
that's where the drug use is happening back alleys it's not you know just in suburban homes or whatever <laughs> yeah actually there's a lot there <laughs> definitely a lot there um but yeah i want to rewind real quick because you had mentioned about virgins do you see a lot of virgins that come for this or oh, they're coming for it but you know literally I don't, think that I, I don't think that i'm always made aware when I'm seeing a virgin. Sometimes I would guess that they're a virgin, but they haven't brought it up. So I'm not gonna categorize this one, but um, I've had quite a few, yeah. Really? Yeah. Now, yeah. Now, now you guessed on some of them, but has, some, has it been outright somebody like tells you? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. How, how did you feel about that when you, I mean, like, or you're like, uh, just, just lay down. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't really impact me in any way, shape or form. <laughs> just I'm care. still just going to do what I'm going to do. And, uh, yeah. You're like, I'm going to read the defense and, uh, make the play, man. You know, <laughs> like once in a while, I think about the fact that you never forget your first time. So there's a lot of fucking people that are never going to forget me. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. Both from my personal life days and, uh, and from, and from my job, but yeah. Wow. But other than that, no, it doesn't really impact how I provide my service, but I mean, like guys are often nervous coming to see me, even if they're not virgins. Right. Yeah. Why do you think that though? They think like you're just so experienced at sex and like, you know, <clears throat> I think a lot of them worry that they're going to be judged on their performance or prowess or appearance or any of those things. Um, I think for a lot of them, like a lot of times I'll be their first experience with a sex worker. Mm -hmm. So the situation itself is just kind of scary and unknown. And that brings with it a nervousness. And I'm always having to remind myself of that because I'll see them visibly like shaking in front of me. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is a big deal. This is a different thing. People. Yeah. It's not a big deal to me because <laughs> this is me every hour on a Tuesday. You know what I mean? Like it's like, I know to me getting naked and having sexual relations with strangers is my tedium not really tedium it's not tedium but it, it's my normal it's your normal so yeah. so to me it's not a big deal but i have to remind myself that getting naked and physically intimate with a stranger is a big deal to most people and yeah. certainly a lot of my clients and i want to be empathetic about that but but i don't it's not a big deal for me at this yeah. point I've learned this. I've learned this throughout the course of this conversation. It's not a big deal. I've learned this. It yeah. comes across a little bit, eh? Yeah, right? Just a little bit. Do you have regulars? Now, is that part of your, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would say that a huge chunk of my business is regulars. Um, but that took time to build up for sure. Yeah. To the that now, yeah. A lot here. I'm telling you, I could ask questions for like five, six hours. I'll put in a 13 uh, session day. All right. <laughs> 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 I ask a lot of questions man, for sure. But man, I am so pumped that Layla introduced us. It's uh, It's been a real pleasure learning about you. 
And I love how open you are. Like literally I got on here and I was like, I don't know if she wants to be seen actually. I was trying to be respectful about it, but like, you can turn it off. Like, you know, but you're like, no, it's fine. I'm like, oh, this is going to be even better. (laughs) Pretty sure I look like shit today too, but that's No, I I mean, I- I really only get like dulled up when I'm working. And then I'm like, I'm so sick of having to do my hair and makeup for work. So my days off are generally like, yeah, a baseball hat. (laughs) You look great. It's fine. It's totally fine. That's awesome. <laughs> Aubrey, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. It, it was yeah. lovely. Yeah, I hope it was a fun conversation. Like I said, I have no clue what I'm going to ask. You asked really good questions. I have to hand that to you. Yeah. I, yeah. I've been disappointed sometimes by interview questions, Listen, but I was not. You you'll never be disappointed by me. <laughs> <laughs> oh you know what you gotta have fun you gotta have fun and i literally knew nothing about you besides what you sent me no plans i'm like (laughs) i'm gonna do what i always do just roll with the punches man (laughs) you know that's how i roll too exactly awesome so everybody can find you on twitter clearly right that's that's... Uh, my handle is at aubrey pesky a-u-b-r-i-e-p-e-s-k-y Perfect. You heard it right here. Aubrey, pesky prostitute. Thank you, Aubrey. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. Take care. All right.